feed the hungry. That if you put on a training course, even if only one person shows up, they're the most important person in the room. Give them your full attention and make it as valuable and meaningful as possible for the people who show up. How do we create a new world of work? One where companies succeed because of their leadership, not despite it. I'm Aaron Levy, the founder of Raise the Bar, and over the last decade, I've been immersing myself in this question. In this podcast, Raising the Bar on Leadership, we talk to people leaders, founders, and culture experts about how they've created a people-first culture in the workplace, the challenges, the hurdles, the wins, and the failures. Join me in this movement towards creating the new world of work we want to see. Today, we're lucky to have Kelly Buchanan, the Chief People Officer at Revenate. Kelly brings 20 plus years of experience to her role as Chief People Officer at Revenate, where as a proud boomerang hire, she oversees the team's global people and culture strategy. She's also a founding member of Chief's San Francisco chapter, a network focused on developing female executive leaders. Kelly's had a wide range of experience as a people leader, and in this conversation, we dive deep into the importance of creativity, experimentation in the people space, and inviting people to participate from all different parts of the organization. I had so much fun in this conversation with Kelly, and I know there's a ton of gold nuggets, insights, and just ways of being that you're going to really appreciate from how Kelly shows up. Enjoy. Kelly, it is so nice to actually be recording this conversation. Our last conversation was so much fun. It was really good to get to know you, your background, the way you think about the business world, the world of work, and the the people space. And I say the business world first because you come from kind of a unique background. So I'm just curious about what originally drew you into leadership, learning and development, and ultimately the people space? Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. As I like to say, as I think many people leaders might say, I fell into HR. <laughs> I didn't wake up knowing that's what my career would be, but it is an interesting journey how I got there. I was an English major and I loved, you know, I, I wanted to be a teacher working at an international school overseas, but it turned out at that time you had to have a teaching credential and two years of experience. So that didn't really work out. And I decided I'm going to set up shop in San Francisco. And I started off in public relations, which little did I know, even though I decided not to pursue a full career in public relations, how much that experience would serve me later in my career, how to handle, how to know your audience develop a story, handle crisis communications, just how important communications is in in this work. So I worked in public relations and I went and worked for a web design and development company as a, as a project manager. And then after that, I, you know, I was laid off when the, the tech bubble burst in 2001. And I thought, I'll just get another job in the tech industry. And that it turned out to be kind of challenging, but I wanted to do something more creative and strategic. Those were my two key words. And the creative and strategic theme led me to a foot in the door job at Lucasfilm. Actually, it was Industrial Light and Magic, which is the division of Lucasfilm that does all the visual effects. And I did not have a film background, but I, I came in as like the admin assistant for an incredible woman, Vicky, Vicky Beck, who was sort of like the COO for ILM. And I was thinking of going to business school. She said, don't need to go to business school. Come here. You'll learn so much. And we... We're part of a little team, like the business process improvement team, which sounds kind of boring and office space-like, but it was actually super interesting. So we mapped out all the company processes, tried to figure out how do we make things better, faster, cheaper. And really, when you identified the operational problems and did the root cause analysis on it, what we found is the root of most of the operational problems were people-related. 
So it's things like not enough honest feedback being given, not enough investment in employee development, and not enough trust in leadership, for example. And so we decided through that work that we needed to create a leadership development department and just focus on this. And so that's when I learned about this field of organization development. I'm like, oh, it's the people side of change. How do you take kind of a subjective statement and break it into objective solvable pieces? And kind of got recruited internally into that leadership development team, which was an incredible incredible experience opportunity. We were moving to the Presidio from our old offices in Marin. We were opening a studio internationally in Singapore. And I had a chance to go to Singapore and run a program called the Jedi Master's Program. And I became really steeped in leadership and learning and development in all aspects of training and development. And so even then we thought, we're the training team. We're not the HR team. People always had this sort of negative Uh connotation of HR. HR is the personnel department that fires people. And, uh, you know, we tried to distance ourselves from that. And after Lucasville, I worked at Zynga in leadership development. And after Zynga, I had this opportunity to become the VP of people at Revenue. And that was when I really made a pivot. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to just rethink the way we think about people in HR. And I'm going to make this a cool position that thinks more broadly about culture and people and how do we create an environment where people can do their best work. And I'm going to kind of rebrand HR and make it my own. I'm not the HR person. My name's Kelly. I'm your VP of people and I'm here to make this a great place to work and kind of set the tone that way. So it's been an interesting journey. And now I'm the chief people officer, right? And I'm very happy to be here. Glad to be here. I love that you talk about it that way and talk about the people role that way. And you, you mentioned something in our last conversation about this concept of best practices is just how somebody else does something or did something. Can you tell me how you've taken that idea into yeah. the work that you're doing leading people and leading the business? Yeah. And I can't claim credit for that quote. That's from Patty McCord, who was you know a sort of famous HR leader in Silicon Valley who helped co-author the Netflix culture deck. And, and she she sort of irreverent and brilliant and funny. And I just remember her saying that best practice is just how somebody else did it. And so I think there was no crazier time for the role of chief people officer than the pandemic when no one had experienced any of this before. How do you guide a culture through a global pandemic, through working from home, through mental health challenges? And there is no playbook for it. You cannot find it in a book. And so I think kind of just have taken on a more experimental approach. Also going back to my original Lucasfilm days doing change management, where if you want to change something, this idea of just pilot it, just try it and see if it works. If it doesn't work, then throw it out the window and try something different. And so, for example, one thing we just tried in our work, we're in a hybrid environment. We're trying to think of ways to make people feel more connected. And we thought, let's just try at the end of our all hands meeting where we have about 400 people, let's try a five minute breakout room. And we put people in rooms of three or four people on Zoom and we pick a topic that's not work related. And so it could be, what's the best vacation you've ever been on? Or what was the first job you ever had? And we thought this is kind of scary to take 400 people and oh my gosh, but let's try it for five minutes. And people loved it. And so you test the waters and then now we can add to that, you know, make it more programmatic, make it fun. And so that that's just one example of a, a something we tried, an experiment we tried in hybrid work 
that I never didn't read about in a book. We just kind of came up with the idea. The other way I help come up with ideas, because I'm just one person and the people team is just one team, is we have a culture club and we invite all employees to participate who are passionate about culture. And it's just once a month and we brainstorm ideas. We get a finger on the pulse. How's everybody doing? We kind of try to mine the best grassroots ideas from the people who care the most and give them a chance to also lead their own ideas forward. We had one participant who wanted in February to do random acts of kindness month. We said, great, do it. And she, you know, created a whole program and Slack channel and encouraged people to do something nice for someone else and tell us about it and post it. And just kind of spreading that energy was perfect in February. So love letting people just have ideas and run with it. Okay. I have a lot of questions about this experimentation. (laughs) Maybe the more interesting thing is the culture club here often and we see often kind of this challenge of, okay, it's got to be grassroots. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like people need to do it or it's got to be top down. And what you're saying Mm -hmm. is, let's give anybody who wants a platform to try something. And like, it's on us to do things and to put things in place. It's not going to stop, but at least once a month, we're giving people the platform to do something. And if they want to do something, like it doesn't have to be run by the people team. It can be run by you. It can be run by whoever. And so it, to me, it's kind of like bridging that gap where I often hear, I'll hear both sides of the story. I'll hear like employees, you know, Managers complain that like this isn't happening or we don't have this. The people team hasn't done this. And then I hear chief people officers or learning development people complaining like we can't do it all. We need other people to actually show up to this event. We have a happy hour, but no one attends. And this is a little bit of crossing a little bit of those lines and giving ownership to, to both parties. Yeah, I would say it's just really important to invite everyone to participate. Everyone's invited. We don't have 400 people show up for Culture Club. We might have five or 10, but a phrase that I've adopted my colleagues I used to work with closely at Lucasfilm, Andrea Rob, we used to say, feed the hungry, that if you put on a training course, even if only one person shows up, they're the most important person in the room, give them your full attention and make it as valuable and meaningful as possible for the people who show up. And then they will, in turn, become ambassadors and spread the word and bring others along with them. But you can't force it. But invite everyone in and see who engages and give them sort of positive encouragement and support and let them fly. There's another person on my team who's our recruiting coordinator, and she's really passionate about nutrition. And I've said to her, great, we have these wellness initiatives. Why don't you do a lunch and learn on Nutrition 101? And she was really excited about it. And so working with her on that, and we could just put it out there and see who shows up and share some knowledge that might help people in their jobs. That's not about the job itself, but more how to take care of themselves. So there's just a lot of wisdom in the people on the team and a lot of people who really care and want to contribute. So it's trying to come up with enough structure to give them a way to do it and then kind of get out of their way and let them let them do it. I want to pause this for a second because the people who are listening, I don't want to gloss over too fast what the numerous things you've just said. I like the importance of one, just putting it out there and experimenting. Like Go out yeah. and try it out. You are a chief people officer at a four plus person fast growing company. Right. You're saying, let's, let's try it. Let's test it. Like we don't need a five page proposal. We don't need 10 approvals to do five minutes of zoom passed in all hands. We don't need that to do, to do happiness or a webinar on this, like keep it simple and experiment. Yeah. And then you also said some other, like really, really like each of these are in and of themselves are really important. So I don't want to miss them is like invite participation. And we talk about that all the time, even in just like when we do our trainings, our leadership training of like creating an inclusive space and inclusive can get caught up and being a word of the, you know, a DEI initiative, but really it's a human initiative of like, we have to invite people to participate. We have to invite people in who want to be in and and give them the space 
to share their ideas, their thoughts, to do the work. And then I love that mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a one-two punch of like invite them in and then feed the hunger, right? Like then give them what they need to succeed. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I don't know. I like that. I have this quote written up on my wall that says like, let them shine, which yeah. like reminds me to shut the heck up, which I'll do in a second. Right. But right. I like feed the hungry. Let them, yeah. give them the tools to succeed and let them freaking run. Yeah. And don't worry about who doesn't show up. Pay attention to who does because they are your champions and they care and they're giving their time and energy and just showing up, you know, makes a difference and it's important. So I love that. And, you know, the other thing you're reminding me of is this idea of being generous with your knowledge is another kind of philosophy that I have. So I remember once upon a time, I think part of it was because I spent a big chunk of my career at Lucasfilm, where at Lucasfilm, obviously we're in the entertainment industry. There's a lot of confidentiality. So, you know, don't tell anyone about the movie that's being made before it's released. It's super important. So you really, you know, you're kind of trained to be very confidential about everything. When it comes to HR leadership space, you know, how does our performance review system work? This and that. I think there's been a wonderful evolution in the last five to 10 years in the software and the attitude around the community in for people leaders where it's share your knowledge. Instead of saying, I'm not, I don't want to tell you how I do it because that's how we do it. It's a no, no, no. Share the knowledge for the benefit of the community so that we can all learn from each other, elevate each other's success because we're all just trying to help humans be excellent at their jobs and create great places to work. Why should we, you know, hide any of that? There's a certain part of HR that must be kept confidential, of course, to protect people and laws and things like that. But there's a whole other space where it's just exciting to see so much more knowledge sharing because I think being generous with your knowledge just helps everyone along. And I also, another one of my philosophies that I learned from an amazing mentor that I had at Zynga, Glenn Entis, who's an Academy Award winner, creative leader in the games industry. He used to say, the best way to learn is to teach. And I 100% agree. You have to teach someone how to do something. It forces you to learn it. <laughs> so even as someone who's a trained facilitator and teacher, I want to make sure I'm always giving the mic to someone else as well so that they can learn and teach and share and everyone has wisdom to share and gifts to bring and so there's a lot of different I guess themes I would say I tie into my approach I try to pull from all my different experiences depending on what the situation calls for well I guess you know if I'm putting the my chief people officer hat on and I'm saying oh cool I love this idea of experimentation it sounds good it sounds fun Mm -hmm. it's free and it's easy but like part of my role is also like hr and also i don't want to get it wrong what if we Mm -hmm. do an experiment that has severe negative effects on the business like and how do you balance the fear of getting it wrong and i'm not just saying like something that people don't like but maybe something that offends a portion of your population or whatnot like how do you balance that in the in the seat that you're in Well, I guess it depends on what the thing is that you're trying to experiment with. I'm trying to think of something that would offend someone, but I can give you a different example. The all hands experiment was, you know, using five minutes of 400 people's time effectively, you know, that was that experiment. Another one I'm considering is I was just introduced to a new HR tool. I get hit up a lot by (laughs) vendors. Try this. Do you need this? Do you need that? And every once in a while, I will say, okay, yeah, let's look at that one. I'm just looking at one that's trying to apply AI to management coaching and development. And my curiosity was peaked. I'm like, this sounds really cool. 
But before I would roll it out to the whole company, I would pick, you know, you pilot it, pick 20 people to try it out with and see how it goes. Test it, find a safe way to test something out. So you could shrink the group size, try to make it not a costly experiment. And, you know, what's in it for the vendor is if it goes well, then we might sign up for more, but they're not expecting us to just sign up for the whole thing right away. So it's kind of like just anything you can break into a smaller piece to test the small group helps. And also just being an excellent listener, tapping the wisdom of the team. We were just talking about what are some things we want to do in the month of June to celebrate pride. And someone on our team came up with, we have this thing we tried that we love the now that's five minute Fridays, where every Friday for five minutes, we share a little tip or a trick about something. And someone from my team said, why don't we do a five minute Fridays and educate people about pronouns and just tell people how to use different pronouns, respect other people's pronouns, how to make sure that you show your pronouns at our HR systems. And it was just a really wonderful, simple idea that we were able to action. And it wasn't a huge program. It was just, hey, we're acknowledging this is an important topic and we want to share it. And here you go. So again, it's like a bite-sized piece. It was, you know, probably took 30 minutes to write and a couple minutes to share. And we're, we're just sort of peppering the population with little tidbits. And then you see what what takes, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels like we have this like hot plate popcorn maker at home. And it just kind of feels like, you know, these different ideas popping and coming up and eventually filling up the bucket of robust people strategy or robust people support. And I guess I go back to what you said earlier when you're like, when I took on this role, I wanted it to be different. And it's it's very clear in our conversation so far today and in the past that like you've done, you've, you've managed to take a team of HR folk, people folk, and having them you fostered creativity and learning and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. what I'm curious because, you know, traditional mm-hmm. HR came from a space of reducing risk, of making sure payroll is mm-hmm. filled, of making sure you don't right. screw up and get lawsuits, of making sure, and it right. still is a lot of that stuff, like making sure sexual yes. harassment or whatever it is, right. is right. taken care of in order. Yeah. And it, it's typically a risk averse, not as, not mm-hmm. thought of as so creative. So how, like, what are some things <laughs> you've done to foster People on your team saying, hey, let's do this or let's do that. Or like, how do you enable that with your team? Yeah. I think that can be extrapolated in so many different ways. No, I mean, the risk you're mitigating against is someone who, I come back to this, is, is someone who feels unhappy or unfairly treated. So like on the more serious side of HR, it's like if someone is terminated, but they understand why and they've been given a fair chance to improve and you truly believe that, if you treat people fairly, and do the best you can then that's great. And I think that the risk comes if people feel mistreated. So the flip side of that is make people feel treated fairly, included, and actually enjoying and having fun at their job. And I think you mentioned the creativity piece is interesting because I think that that's kind of a theme, I think, of part of who I am. But I try to be vulnerable and silly and invite people in. Like just <laughs> yesterday, it was a, you know a 10-meeting Zoom day and we have our Slack channel here and, you know, someone, one of the engineers like five years ago told me how to do a Giphy in Slack where you just do a backslash Giphy and then you can pick a ridiculous image to show of something. And it's just one of those silly little things that makes you laugh. And I realize that I do it all the time, but I don't see my team. So in Slack, I was like, hey guys, what a crazy day. In case you haven't noticed, I use these Giphys. It's kind of fun. Here's how you do it. You just 
write in this little command and you do it and it it's, makes you laugh. And then like, you know, the afternoon, there you go. I ordered up laughter. Like it was just hilarious to see. I'm like, oh, watch out. I just taught the people team how to use giphies. And you know, you just <laughs> beware. You, know, you just have a laugh and enjoy yourself. And then that also reduces stress. And you can if you give yourself outlets like that to just sort of laugh and not take it so seriously, then you have more energy when you do have to do the serious part of HR, which is part of the job. But you can approach it with a little more of a level head and also just a little more teamwork. The other thing I do in our team meetings is, and I'm very like goal-oriented person. I'm always trying to achieve our goals and et cetera. I have you know high standards and so forth. But I started being a little more loose with our meetings where I just have everyone go around and I say, okay, this is, you can all look at the Asana board to see what the goals are, but let's just share what's one personal win from this week and what's one work win from this week. And so people get to say something they're proud of that they accomplish at work, which is important, and then share something about their personal life. And you just all get to know each other better. And and the reason I do that is directly from our offsite last year where I asked them all for feedback. And they said, we do all, a lot of meetings about our work, but we really want to get to know each other better. So I've been trying to like really take that to heart and figure out how can we lead by example with our own team of creating space just to get to know each other better and not always be so focused on hitting the and if we can do that as a team, then we can share that spirit with managers and employees and everyone else we come into contact with. I love what's at the heart of this, which is like heart. You know, <laughs> you said be vulnerable and silly and that's who you are and it comes through. And, you know, whether it's tough or fun things, it's treating people like humans. Yeah. But that's been a difficult thing as a business owner, right? Like you need to make mm-hmm. sure you're mitigating lawsuits and whatever else could happen. But the truth is, if you treat people like humans, like we all operate better. And we were fortunate to have a a team member let us know six months, maybe more in advance that she was leaving and taking her next journey in her career. And today's her last day. And we had a bunch of, we had that jiffy thread going through of just like love and thank you. And, you know, it happens when you are are yourselves. And I think it's it's a wonderful reminder of somebody in your role Leading yeah. into the probably all experienced people in your role who are like, okay, mitigate risk first. Don't say that. Don't do this. You know, in this kind of meeting, you have to say it. It's like, but at the end of the day, you don't feel like you're interacting with a human. And I had that early in my career, having to let go yeah. and be what I can and can't say. And like, yeah. there's a wall in between. Yeah. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. I had an experience once at Revenate where I had to terminate someone. And it was, you know, and I've been terminated before too, by the way. And I, I all jokingly say, I highly recommend that everyone gets laid off at least once in their career because you learn that you can bounce back on your feet and you're going to be fine. But it's, you know, when you're on the other side of the table, it's, it can be pretty, pretty intense. But I remember having to, to, to terminate someone and he was a really nice guy. He just wasn't performing in the job. And I worked with the manager to have the conversation and I sat through it. And when all is said and done, you know, and there were a couple tears on both sides of the table. And at the end of the day, the, the manager said, Kelly, that was such a, he's like, I've never had an experience like that with HR. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you, it's just, you're not like a robot. <laughs> like, I, like, I care. And I, I will say like, you know, I w- want to be like the department of smooth landings. Like you want to just handle everything. How would you want to be treated if you are going through something like that? And how can you, how can you be? graceful and firm and thoughtful and take an unpleasant experience and try to try to be as just just thoughtful as possible about it and really wish genuinely wish the person 
well on their on their next step. And I think just the tone, it's almost like the tone that you set goes a long way with people. And it's worth the extra effort. Because the last thing you want is for someone to, you know, just leave with a really bitter taste in their mouth. And I think the insight here that anybody who's listening can take away is like the importance of being yourself, being vulnerable, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. part of what you're saying requires you to be vulnerable and looking like, I want to be a robot. What I what on the other side? Or did I like a robot when the robot was on the other side of me? Like, no, I'm a human. They're a human. Let's be honest and let's give that. And, you know, like people are always like, well, let me read a book on how to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, do the prep work so you can have clear language. Yeah. Outside of that, yeah. like, vulnerable, be you. The other it's sort of a tangential thought that came to me earlier, speaking of Patty McCord, she also, another one of my favorite quotes of hers is basically, be the best place to be from. So she talked about how in the HR world, there's this longstanding feeling like that you have to retain people forever, retention, retention, retention. Instead of saying, you know what, we're all here on this journey for a chapter of our career. And, you know, the skills you had at the time you joined are going to evolve and what, you know, what, what you came with and, and what the company needs a few years later might change. And that's totally okay. Like maybe you should actually expect that and be able to graduate. In her case, it was from Netflix to say, let people leave Netflix and say, yeah, I'm a product of Netflix. I got to work there. Like, you know, that was a a great chapter. And it's just sort of an interesting, again, just a a way to think differently about it all. Like be proud of the culture you create, but don't expect to hold on to everybody forever, but make them want to stay. I mean, one of the things I'm amazed with, with Revenate and you know, and I'm a boomerang. I went to Revenate for six years. I got wooed away. I left for a year and I came back, which I never could have scripted in into my career journey ever. But we had a lot of great tenure. And I'm really proud of that because people choose to stay on their own. And there's everyone has their own reason for joining and their own reason for staying. But that's also where the gold is of listening and learning why. Like what brought you here? What keeps you here? And that those are the conversations, by the way, that lead to like last year when we reinvented the company values post-merger. It's like really being inquisitive and understanding the whys behind people's choices and behaviors and what connects them to the company. And you got to always kind of keep your finger on the pulse with that. I mean, I'm sure we could go for, I know we could go for hours. This is yeah. fascinating. You said a word that like, Language matters and, and the language yes. you could tell, like whether it's choice or it's just you coming through, you, you said this, they're choosing to work here. And it's something that I've kept in my mind as a, mm-hmm. as a founder of everybody that works for me, with me is constantly choosing every single day. Yeah. They're there, yeah. a 10 yeah. and a, whether they're a W2, it may not feel like it's a choice, but it's a choice to continue to work yeah. here, to continue to do this work. And yep. for me, I take that choice and like I continue to choose to do this. It makes me excited and, and energized yep. and engaged. And also reminds me like there's a responsibility to make this a place where people want to be as opposed right. to saying, I'm paying your salary. So do what I say. Like part of my language, right. but that's how some of us can yep. think. And it's the truth is like, no, it's a choice. You can right. choose to do it or not. Right. There's consequences. Right. But like, and I just love that perspective of the world of work where we create a yeah. place where people choose to work with us. Talk about yeah. engaging. We're going to have people super engaged. And you will, you do yeah. have people super engaged when, they're, when they know they're choosing to be a part of something with yeah. you. Yeah. There's other things that we've done that I never, once upon a time, I never would have thought we would do, which is we have half day Fridays. We made this decision that 
not a summer thing. It's a year round thing for our, you know, our software development branch, the business where like people work so, so hard. And how much do you really get out of everyone on a Friday afternoon from the meetings and so forth that they're in? And why not? We do no meetings on Fridays and a half day Friday. And I can't tell you how far that has gone because people really value it. And then we say, use this Slack channel to share a picture of what you're doing with your half day Fridays. I love that. And we see people going to their, you know, kids soccer game or planting a garden or going for a hike or, you know, sometimes, and, and even for me, like sometimes I choose to work because I have a lot to catch up on, but no one's forcing me to. I'm like, I want to use this extra time to get my stuff done. So it's like, I, in some ways, could be super productive that Friday afternoon. But I also have the choice where I know no one's expecting me to be there. And this is my chance to go give myself a break and recharge my batteries so I can come back Monday morning, fire it up. And I think that's been, people talk about it and they genuinely value and appreciate that. And that's, I'm really proud of us for having the courage to try that out. That's an experiment that would be hard to take back. (laughs) I don't think we could suddenly be like, oh, by the way, we're getting rid of, you know, that's another thing I've learned in my career. And in, in any HR leader would agree, when you give something, it's really hard to take it back. So be very thoughtful about what you give and make sure that's something that you can give sustainably because no one likes it when something gets taken away or like dialed back. I mean, yeah. Even if it's not being used, it's the thought yeah. that I mean, we're losing this. Yeah. Like years ago, when in 2005, when Lucasfilm was moving to the Presidio, I remember in San Rafael, everyone had free parking. And then suddenly we're moving into these gorgeous office spaces in the Presidio, the Letterman Digital Arts Center, this brand new, incredible facility. And suddenly people are going to have to pay for parking and it were, and pay for the bridge toll, you know? And it was like, what do you mean? You know? <laughs> and eventually they put in a parking's free if you carpool and stuff like that. But it was, you know, change is hard. You have to just, you know, guide people through and hopefully, you know, the pros outweigh the cons. And once we got settled in, it was like, gosh, this really is a beautiful place. And people figured out how to get their parking taken care of. But policies, humans and can be tricky. As another friend of mine said, humans, or maybe I said it, I think I said it. Humans are messy. Humans are messy. Another colleague of mine from Zingo once said, you know, humans, we're just giant balls of emotion. Like, yeah, yeah, we are. Well, work at a company and show up every day, but like, yeah. I always say it like figuring out your own shit in your own life is hard. Now multiply that by 400 people and then have them all interact with each other to produce something else, right? Businesses are just an accumulation of human people figuring it all out as we go, no matter how old or young, we're all figuring it out on a daily basis. What I love that you've done and the perspective you bring is this like idea of the freedom to not feel like I have to be locked into doing something a certain way and the creativity to explore and to test and to experiment. And so I like, just like, as I'm yes. thinking about I'm like, just feel so yes. much freeing and there's so many more possibilities to this, like this new world of work that we're talking about that you're living in, that we work to, to live within. Yeah. And that, this is what excites me. Yeah. I mean, it also, you're hearing, reflecting that back to me. It, it also reminds me of a chapter at Lucasfilm when we, did some work and at Zynga where we did some work with IDEO and sort of applying this design thinking approach where you understand who is your customer? What do they need? How do you have empathy for the person you're building this product or this program for? Really listen and understand what they need. 
how do you come up with a concept? And then this idea of rapid prototyping, like come up with a quick experimental way, kind of rinse and repeat and try it out. And that this sort of design thinking process can guide you through to wonderful new ideas that you never, you would never have gotten to if you were afraid or following someone else's best practice or not allowed to brainstorm. It's like, how do you open up this sort of creative thinking, grab the gold, the best, the best that you find, and then, and then carry it forward. And it's hard. It takes patience. And I once thought that on my LinkedIn profile, maybe I should have my background be a picture of someone hurting cats. And I was like, I actually don't want to brand myself that way. <laughs> maybe a better, or, or some, maybe a better analogy is like a conductor of a symphony, something like that. It'll be a more elegant version. But you know, here again, like bring a fun metaphor or way of thinking about your work that makes it more, more playful and meaningful and unique to you. This has been so much fun. Uh, I was worried our last conversation that I was like, oh my God, I'm going to know too much and we're going to make the conversation so rich and there's so many just learnings and ways of being and like people listening are going to get so much from this. So thank you for sharing your insights, your perspective, yourself in this conversation. Super grateful. You're so welcome. Thanks for the opportunity and I'm just, you know, blessed to be here and excited about all the work good work we've done and good work there is ahead for the whole community of people leaders out there keep up the great work and every every moment every person matters and bring your own creativity to the table it'll be awesome raising the bar on leadership is produced by raise the bar where we help organizations level up by empowering their managers with the tools skills and training to be better leaders of people you can get in touch with us at raisebar.co. Thank you for listening and go put your learning into practice.